that vulnerability, that real, that authentic, like that's that's what allows everyone to to play for one another. And it's those little things. It's the details. The little things become the big thing. All of a sudden, you see the vulnerability. You see the real emotion. Now I can relate to that. Now I can buy into. I have a similar problem. I have you know different family, different situation, but I have that same emotion. So when people get vulnerable like that and lead that way, man, that's where that's where people can relate. And that's that's empathy. That's not just sympathy. I don't feel bad for you. No, I feel that with you. And it's like, now we're going to go. We're going to grow together. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw to a looking. Flips it down the wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Doing knew where he was going right away. How the hell is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Again. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, fresh back from the scouting combine in Indianapolis. And today on the pod, we have a very special guest for you. Alec Ingold joins me to talk everything. Leadership, character, overcoming adversity, his new book, The Seven Crucibles. And we wound that, or I should say, weaved that in to football and this Miami Dolphins team and what he sees with Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungavailoa, and so much more. Probably the best interview I've done, and I I don't say that lightly. Let's move the chains and get to my interview with Miami Dolphins fullback, Alec Ingram. That's another Miami Dolphins. What's up, Dolphins? We are here inside the Baptist Health Studios, inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. I am Travis Wingfield, the host of the Drive Time Podcast, and I'm joined today by a very special guest today, Miami Dolphins fullback, Alec Ingold. Alec, what's up, man? It feels good to be back. We're, we're rolling. Um, man, super cool to sit down here anytime I, I get to be able to be up here. So appreciate you having me. You might be the first fish tank and drive time guest in the history of the Dolphins. So you're kind of breaking some barriers here a little bit. Well, hopefully, you know, that just leads for like other people to, you know, follow footsteps. We're going drive time. Um, yeah, fish tank was fun. I, same studio, a yeah. little different look, though. A little but bit different look. I, I do love it. Seth always calls it the Wingfield living room. Makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but we'll go ahead and call it that here once again today. But it is the off season. How's your off season been so far? What, what have you been up to? Man, off season's been good. Um, being able to get refreshed, spend some family time together, um, being back in Wisconsin, doing some stuff with this book, which is really fun. Um, just getting away, get refreshed. You kind of get aligned with with goals and purpose for this upcoming season. Um, we're kind of getting. I'm getting antsy. I can't wait to get this cast off and get ready to to throw it, throw it down again for this next year. You mentioned the cast. I had it in my notes here that I'm sure you're pumped to get back out to training camp without the red jersey this year. I remember you talked about it a little bit last year. How excited are you for that? It's going to be great. I think a full offseason being healthy is always going to, like, like the football answer is, like, you're going to develop, and it's going to be great. You're going to be with the guys. I'm going to be on the field this time because last year no one knew, you know, um, anything that I was doing on the field, off the field, you're just – focused on rehabbing, get back to 100%. Now you're with the guys 100% of the time, working out this whole time, progressing with everyone else. Um, it, it's going to be really exciting, and I, I'm fun, I'm excited to have a full South Florida training camp, no red jersey. It's going to be hot. I know it is, but 
Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. I just loved how frustrated you would get sometimes last year. It's like, how do I play fullback with a red jersey? It just th Those two things don't add up. They make no sense together. Film was tough to watch because it's like, okay, I'm not, we're going half speed, three-quarter speed, and it's like, how are we supposed to do this? So eventually we just started going full speed and everyone just figured it out. Yeah, we're watching. Like, I'm pretty sure Alex's pretty good, but we, we're not really sure exactly what the end result of these plays are just yet. Um, I do want to talk more football with you, but I want to go back to your offseason here real quick. I saw you went back to your former elementary school. How much fun was that, man? Yeah, it was fun. It was a crazy day. So the, the school district reached out and we put up like, you know, we have elementary school, middle school, high school. Uh, we made like a little tour. So um, hit all the schools, I obviously got to um, go back to Swamico Elementary where everything started. And um, no, man, it was really cool to see teachers, to see faculty, to see these kids um, be able to, to speak some inspiration in their lives. It's it's one of those full circle moments that you'll never forget, and um, it was definitely a lot of fun. So Swamico, I'm glad you said it because I had it written down. I wasn't <laughs> sure of the pronunciation, yeah. but I don't want you to take this the wrong way because I'm a huge fan of your spike after touchdowns, but I did see those dance moves you broke out. Any possibility that's a touchdown celebration? I was, hoping, I was hoping those dance moves stayed in Swamico. <laughs> oh, man. But no, it was, um, it was fun. It was great to see those teachers that we did the little Tootsie Roll. Um, yeah. And no, it's, I mean, that's what, that's what football is all about. And it roots you and it, it remembers that it's a game. Um, at the same time, it gives you purpose. Anytime you strap up, we have that dolphin logo on the side of your head and that unifies everybody, right? Like that's the sacrifice to get to Sundays. That's what is the same of everybody, the, the name on the front of the shirt. And then the name on the back of the shirt, you know, a lot of people will think, um, oh, you're being selfish, whatever. That's, that's where you come from. All those, the, the, all those people, um, from Swamico to Bayport to Wisconsin all the way through, like that's who you're representing when you're on the field. So it's really cool to kind of play for something bigger than yourself and then go back home and give back. Um, you know, it's, it's a twofold deal. Yeah, we love hearing that. And this is kind of a follow-up to the fish tank question they talked to you about a little bit. Uh, I think you came in on the bye week and you were heading up to, to D.C. to accept an award, right? The Adoption Excellence Award by Adopt Us Kids. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us an update on that. Yeah, uh, so the foundation that we found last about last year at this time, uh, we – did a number of events, man. We were running all over the country, uh, probably you know, 10, 15, 20 events where we're helping um, bring awareness to adoption and foster care, but also um, being able to, to reach out to those kids, relate to them, um, give them some hope, some inspiration, some, some lessons from my family, from my parents, how we related, uh, to be able to communicate well. So to be able to go through all of that for a full year, now we're up for year two, uh, improving all the events that we have uh, planned for this next year, and it's fun. It's cool to see those kids smile, be able to just be a kid. Uh, that little light bulb goes off when you're talking about um, writing down goals or whatever that is. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, inspiring for sure. Well, man, you have a future in, in public speaking and in some type of inspirational speaking because, man, watching the way you interact with those kids. I went through and watched a lot of the, 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 credit or the videos and whatnot. And by the way, uh, in 2023, anything you do is going to be put online, just so you know. So <laughs> any dancing is going to be out there. But um, So I had a chance to go through and watch a lot of that, and it was really cool. And I saw you had an interview talking about the book. And in, in the book, uh, the Seven Crucibles by Alec Ingold, an uh, inspirational game plan for overcoming adversity in your life. You described the injury in the kickoff chapter in the book and kind of, you know, that was, that was sort of what kicked off the idea of the book, right, was, yeah. was coming, uh, getting back from the ACL and essentially temporarily losing your ability to earn a livelihood. I can't mm. imagine what that's like. And you talked about the emotional pain outweighing the physical pain in the book. Can you take us through what that means? Yeah, I think in that moment, um, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. And that's something that I had to go through. And that's, that was what was put on my plate. And it was my choice on how I was going to deal with it, how I was going to respond to that situation. So when you're covering a punt, 
you're a special teams captain, you're out there giving your all, you're, you're ready for this big statement win that you're going to make, and you get off, you get pulled off on a stretcher. You know, that's, that's not how it was planned. But that's how it went, and that's where you find a lot of grit, determination. It, that adversity is opportunity. I know Coach McDaniel talks about that all the time. That's, that was the opportunity for myself to prove to other people how much they mean to me, what I was willing to go through, what I was willing to sacrifice to get back out on that field. And in that moment, I think a lot of people relate to that pain of not knowing what's on the other side or being told you're not getting that promotion. And whether that's life, business, athletics, academics, like we all are afraid of those situations. And what I wanted to write down in that book is like, I was at the highest of highs. You talk about NFL football, like I was at one of the, the peaks of my career that I was thinking it was gonna happen. And in a snap of a fingers, you're in a valley. And to be able to say, okay, I know how to climb a mountain. I've, I've been there. Let's not worry about it. Let's improve. Let's have this growth mindset. And let's use this as an opportunity to get better. Um, that was everything. To be able to land on your feet here with an organization that supports you and uh, a coaching staff that believes in you and coaches you to your potential and a bunch of guys in the locker room that are willing to, to fight for one another uh, every single Sunday, like that gives you the courage to keep stepping and keep climbing and keep going. And that's what a lot of this book is about, is, is that journey of the top of the mountain to the bottom real quick, and then let's find a way to get back up there. Let's, let's find a way to love this process, love this journey, appreciate every opportunity to then pay it forward to the next person. You mentioned mindset. I have to imagine that's one of the most important things. Because like the minute you're on that cart, your mindset has to be completely different than it was prior to that play. Or you talk about going into you know week 10 of rehab, whatever it might be, when you guys are out there playing and you're sitting there, you know, do whatever you have to do to get back to playing. I just can't imagine what that's like as an athlete. I think that your message in here will really go a long way towards, you know, future athletes that have to endure that or in any walk of life, because in the book you talk about embracing, you know, change, which for a lot of us is difficult. My wife would tell you that I'm the most resistant person to change on the planet. So maybe some personal mantras in here for me, but um, that's life in the NFL, right? That's, that's what it's all about the ability to, to be able to adapt and change on the fly. Yeah, I mean, it's your choice. It's your choice to accept reality for what it is. You know, you don't have to make things more than what they are or less than what they are. Uh, it can just be what it is. And for that mindset to go through, it's hard. It's hard on a daily basis to find silver linings. That is hard for everyone. And when you have a helmet on, when you're on, out in the NFL and you're on this playing field, sometimes it might you might think that man, it's just these are superheroes out there. They're just untouchable. It's like, no, these mindsets, these, this is the blueprint. This is how we got there. Uh, and it's by that positive self-talk. It's by having people that believe in you and having two-way communication. It's by finding those silver linings over and over and over again. And it's just like a muscle. It's just like a skill. You have to work it out. You have to improve on it. And you have to want to do it. And that mindset, yeah, it was, it was one of the worst mindsets I've probably ever been in. But I have a million people around you that, that have the answers, whether it's a coach, a teacher, a parent, a sister, a brother. All of these people are so inspirational. It's just you just have to go look for it. You have to find the spots to go look for it. So um, having a mindset is um, it's not one in a million. There's, there's people with amazing mindsets on all walks of life. It's just about willing to go through that hard 
uh, of finding those silver linings over and over again. And that's the hardest part of it all. And you, you know, the grind sets one of the seven crucibles, one of them also your support system. Mm -hmm. You've talked a lot about that already here in this interview, Coach McDaniel, the, you know, the, the coaching staff, the support staff, all the things that go into your rehab and getting back on the field. And you know, you also referenced McDaniel in the locker room uh, this year. He spoke a lot about how special he thought this group was, a chance to really do something special this year. Um, I just love, with the majority of that core coming back, to get a first-hand account from you, someone that's been in that locker room, to kind of give us more about what Coach is talking about. What makes that Dolphins locker room so special? I think it's the standard that we were willing to hold each other accountable to. So the standard is the standard, right? So uh, standard is, it's a little bit more than a commitment to one another, right? A standard is something you're not going to waver from. Standard has been set, and everyone is going to meet that standard. And that was set in training camp. That's after a few months with Coach McDaniel. That's, a, that's after a few months of just working hard and being with one another. So that standard is set, right? And it's easy to do that in training camp when you're developing. It's easy to do that in OTAs when the pads aren't on. How is that standard going through when you're five and three, all of a sudden you're five, five, like you're sliding, you're slipping, like does that standard waver? No, we, we didn't. We worked hard, we had the formula, and we worked through it together. And we were able to win a million different ways, whether it was a defensive win, an offensive win, a lot of points, no points. You know, someone had to show up and close a game multiple times in, in different ways. And that standard that was set months before, to be able to maintain that, to be consistent, to be sustainably motivated, like that was all really special. And I feel like that's where we're, we're going on this roller coaster. It might look like that on the outside, but in here there's a bunch of guys trying to grow, develop, work for one another, serve one another on that field. And that's what I think was special about it. Is that something that came up when you visited here originally for free agency, talking about getting the right kind of people in here? Because this free agent class, super productive on the field, but also we heard a lot about that from the way Tyree practices, from obviously Tehran's leadership, yourself included. Do you take a lot of pride in being a part of this free agent class that was the first under Mike McDaniel that kind of sets that tone for the right kind of guys to get in here? Yeah, and I, I don't think you have to wear it as like a badge of honor or anything, but it, there is responsibility to work hard first. And when you talk about a red jersey in training camp or whatever, like a lot of those guys were able to show up in different ways. Tyreek can show up and immediately it's like, man, this guy is going to change something. But the way he sustainably worked, right? It wasn't just, I'm going to show up when I want to. It was, I'm going to race Jalen off the ball every single day in practice. And Tehran battling through every single injury. Like it was, it was the sustained, it was the consistency about it, which I think was really cool. So um, there's a lot of responsibility, a lot of accountability with that, but those character traits, those little, you know, I, I talk about like living in the margins a little bit, bringing those things to life, those coachisms, those coaching points to life, those guys did it. And I wanted to follow suit. I want to be one of those leaders too. And um, you see it all across the, the locker room, whether it's a free agent class, whether it's a draftee, whether they've been in the league eight years or two, it's all over the place in this locker room, which I think is really cool. I heard you talking about Tua a little bit during Super Bowl week. I, I got to ask about the quarterback, uh, talking about confidence, the way he carries himself in the locker room. You touched on that a little bit during Super Bowl week as well. Can you tell our Dolphins fans about him a little bit? My favorite part about Tua is he's himself. And he's not trying to be anybody else. And that, like, number one, when he's on the field, is number one. It's awesome. And Tua off the field is a better better human being than a quarterback uh, throwing the ball. And it's like, it's really cool to be around a guy who's comfortable in his own skin, who's developing into whatever he's going to become, which is going to be fun to watch. Like, I'm excited. I got a front row seat. I got my popcorn ready. Like, it's going to be fun. But at the same time, it's cool to just, man, sit back and watch a guy just, just be himself. Uh, there's a lot of people in the industry moving around um, that have to put on a front or have to do the right things all the time. And for Tua to have the confidence, the conviction in himself to, to be who he is around the guys, 
it, that's one of the coolest things. I, I love that about people um, when they're just comfortable being themselves. And um, whether it's on a golf course, in the weight room, on the football field, practice field, at Hard Rock, man, that, that dude, is he's Tua. And it's just, that is really cool. It's only February. You got me fired up for August already, so we're <laughs> going to have to slow the roll on that a little bit because I can't wait for training camp, man. I'm excited for this year's. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And a big part of that is, you know, you talk about continuity in the offense that we talked about there with Tyreek and Teron yourself to a, a lot of those guys coming back for year two in Coach McDaniel's offense. And I've been on a big kick about this on my podcast and otherwise uh, about how you can grow and learn in your number two. I'm curious to get someone that's been a part of it from year one in this offense how can a second year where things maybe are a little more second nature really help improve this Dolphins offense? Well, I think everything that we learned last year had a little like little pinch of a different location, right? We're watching tape from different teams, whether it was our own teams back in the day, whether it was um, San Francisco, whether it was Miami. So you're watching all this different, it's like a pot, it's like a stew of all of this film all off season and that's how we're learning. And this off season, we get to watch our own stuff and then I get to be, I get to remember, Oh, that's how I was getting coached. This is this is what the coaching point was. Now we're going to develop and add this little wrinkle, right? And you get to see yourself do it. You get to see yourself succeed. You get to see yourself fail. You get to improve from that. Like that's where the continuity and the consistency. It's a lot easier visually for me to put myself in these coaching points, in these meeting rooms, and say, okay, I'm going to take this out to the field at practice, and then it's going to transition into the game. So being able to be with your boots on the ground and be able to see that. I think that's going to be massive for a lot of development early on in training camp and this offseason. Uh, and then it's just being around guys, being comfortable, being a human being, being able to have you know, habits, routines, being able to go on a golf course with guys, be able to do things off the field, to be able to that continuity, to know somebody a little bit more than just their, their jersey number. Uh, so those two things, you know, that's where I think a lot of growth and development happens. You mentioned golf a few times. You pretty good on the golf course? Uh, I will be uh, <laughs> eventually. Um, no, but it, it's some. It's South Florida, man. You got to. Yeah, you got to get out there. But we play a lot down here too. So uh, we talked a lot about football here, and, and speaking of the cast and and uh, being able to write again, hopefully soon. Yes. Uh, I assume you're right-handed with with the pen in your hand. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was typing, but um, I want to go back to the book, The Seven Crucibles, here. And you had mentioned in an interview during your trip back home that um, you did a lot of journaling, and that kind of was the process behind writing the book. I'm just curious in what ways did journaling help you get through those times before the book was even an idea? Yeah, so journaling was where I was just able to get emotions out on a piece of page and stay consistent into, into my development. We've talked about it a couple times, but, you know, I don't think, you know, emotions are crazy. And when the stakes are high, when the stakes are raised, when you're playing high stakes poker, like emotions can, can muddy your judgment, right? And for me to be able to find a release that was healthy in just journaling, um, to be able to get thoughts out on paper and not worry about it and then go in and be a great teammate and help the team win at whatever cost it was, like that was able to be a healthy release for, for those emotions so that the standard could remain the standard and we could use it for positivity, right? You'd be able to see your fears, what you're afraid of, and be like, okay, it's not a big deal. You can see what is motivating you, your goals, and be like, okay, I'm going to think about that more. So being able to journal that way on a consistent basis just helped um, bridge the whole gap on staying consistent with that mi mindset that we talked about 
and then just, just figuring out what you want to accomplish those goals. Once it's on a piece of paper, okay, now we can go chase it. it it's a little different than if you're just, if it's sitting in your head. I have to imagine you're still journaling then after the fact, right? No doubt. For, yeah, all for, the time. Potential second book maybe in the future? We'll, we'll have to see. I think we got to win some games and maybe have some, some entertaining stuff to talk about. I'm sure we will. So it's, it's, it's exciting. It was a great process writing the book. I'm glad to be able to serve other people with it. Um, athletes, business people, teachers, coaches, parents. Um, it's been it's been really cool to build a community off of this book and um, just another way to reach back into the fans and to um, everyone that watches and supports the Dolphins uh, every single Sunday. Like this is peeling the, the curtain back a little bit. This is who we are. This is how we do our how we relate. Um, and it's just another way to, to once again connect to that, bridge that gap, um, and be a part of this community more and more. Yeah, it's really cool to see that, man. Like talking about seeing you back with your hometown, your schools, and, and the kids that obviously see the impact. Now, you've mentioned uh, mindset a few times. It's one of the seven crucibles. Well, it's grind set, mm. a little bit of a shift there. I want to just touch on all of those purpose, competition, grind set, support, leadership, discipline, perspective. Why are those seven so important to you? I think all those seven things bring your goals, your ambition, your dreams to life. And a lot of people think, okay, so if I'm an athlete, if I'm a youth athlete now, I'm gonna spend all this time worrying about how skilled I can get, how much time I can dribble the ball, how much time I can catch a pass, how much time I can throw a football. I think these seven things really help bring the person and work on the person. And, the, and not just the employee number, like we're talking about employee number 30, employee number one, like who, is, who are you, right? And I feel like Character is really what sets your ceiling, your, your potential, not talent. I feel like talent is a floor that will get you into building places um, in the athletic world, but that character, who you are, the type of man, woman, human being that you are, I think that sets a standard for who you can become. And I feel like that really allows you to grow up into your potential. So being able to work on those seven things, I think that's what's developing your character, raising your ceiling uh, and what you can accomplish uh, because man, everyone wants to win now, everyone wants to develop now, we want to see results now. All right, but what if we work on all of these things every single day, daily deposits until, you know, one year from now, two years from now, three years from now, if you're consistent with it, uh, everything's going to come along. That's why football is the best game, because it so easily translates over to life. I mean, it's the exact same thing in football and in life. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Another message in your book, kind of going back to, you know, coach and the support system, is you talk about how everybody's going through something. Everybody has their own trials and tribulations. And your approach is that if you can own that, if you can be authentic and vulnerable with people that care about you, then you're going to get through it. And that word was really, it really stuck out to me, Alec, the, the word vulnerable. Because like 20 years ago, maybe even a decade ago, that was kind of a bad word in football. Like something mm. that you just didn't do, at least, you know, for, for men especially. Don't, don't be vulnerable. But now we see a lot more players talk about their struggles and bringing vulnerability to light. I'm curious uh, where along the way you learned that in a, in a sport that maybe it wasn't always embraced. I think it was from watching veterans be vulnerable, watching coaches be vulnerable, just be real be themselves, be genuine. And I talked about, you know, Tua being himself. And like, that's something that I look up to in everyone I'm around. Like, I love that about people. So when you're vulnerable, I think that just means that you're willing to share your fears with other people. You're, you're willing to show flaws, to not be perfect for other people 
for the betterment of the team. And I think that's where your real strength relies, it lies in because, man, you're sitting around a group of guys and everyone's trying to be perfect. Everyone's worried about making a mistake. It's like, no, let's just be great. Let's, let's do our best. Let's do our best for one another. Let's serve one another. All of a sudden, you get that team mindset. You get an identity. You have a culture. People can get brought into it. People can see that. All of a sudden, it, it just starts rolling. It starts domin- It starts piling on. And um, it all starts from, from that vulnerable style of leadership and, and just being real and authentic. So you know, I think a lot of people, especially kids, you talk, uh, you know, I was at an elementary school, middle school, all that. Man, kids are the best BS meters in the world. <laughs> they, they will tell you, like, no, that's not real. Like, I, I, I looked that up. It's on Google. No. And they'll, they'll raise your hand. They'll tell you to your face. But like... As you develop, I do think that that shouldn't change. I think that people that are sitting in the room should be able to be like, yeah, that's real. I can tell it's real. I can feel that. I can feel the emotion. I can feel everything that's getting put into this team. All right, I'm going to match that. That's the standard. Now we're going to go. And if you can set the tone that way, um, I think that's where, that's where everyone can buy in and go all in. Um, and give yourselves the best chance to succeed. You know, there's no place for re- required for thicker skin in elementary schools, man. They are they are ruthless. Uh, you talk about that vulnerability and the leadership. Uh, you know, I saw Coach McDaniel a couple times talk about things that were important to him at press conferences and, and get a little bit choked up, and it gets me choked up, especially when he talks about his daughter and his family. That really gets me going. I have to imagine that that's a big part of where the team's ability to kind of be vulnerable comes from. Yeah, I think that's where it starts. And, you know, it starts top down, uh, but at the same time, that vulnerability, that real, that authentic, like that's – that's what allows everyone to, to play for one another. And it's those little things. It's the details. The little things become the big things, right? So uh, I think that's where, oh, all of a sudden you see the vulnerability, you see the real emotion. Now I can relate to that. Now I can buy into that. I have a similar problem. I have, you know, different family, different situation, but I have that same emotion. So when people get vulnerable like that and lead that way, man, that's where, that's where people can relate. And that's, that's empathy. That's not just sympathy. I don't feel bad for you. No, I feel that with you. And it's like, now we're going to go, we're going to grow together. So um, leadership style, people buying in that way, a culture and identity, all of that um, related around just authentically being yourself, man, that's, that's some powerful stuff. That's really good. It is powerful is the best way to describe it. And earlier I alluded to how I love how football just relates to life in so many ways. And, you know, you talked about it earlier, the, the winning streaks, the losing streaks this year, the ups and downs, expectations, disappointment, ultimately getting to the playoffs, coming so close to winning the playoff game. You really get every emotion in one football season. How do you think those themes helped you individually this season? I think it makes it all worth it. Feeling those emotions, being bought in, like trying your hardest and failing, like that hurts, that sucks. But if you never go all in in the first place, if you never give yourself that chance to bounce back, if you never give yourself the chance, you're not even playing the hand that you're dealt, right? Like, man, that's, you're just, you're on the sidelines. And like, let's, let's put some, let's put it into the game. Let's go play. And I feel like that going all in and feeling those emotions and having those highs and lows, like they're there. And we, we have that growth mindset where we have that standard we talked about. That's the identity. That's the culture. That's what we're working towards. That's the preparation that we all put in for one another. But we're not holding anything back. And if you fall short, it hurts that much more. But you're giving yourself that much more of a chance to succeed. You're giving yourself that much more of a chance to break through. You're giving yourself that much more of a chance to do something you've never done before. And you know, I think there, there's a point in this book I talk about like having to make a choice to go through and sacrifice something I've never sacrificed before to accomplish something I've never accomplished before. And it's like that, that mindset as a team, if everyone buys in on that, that's going to give you a shot 
to, to be where you want at the end of the season. Uncomfortable situations, right? That's where growth occurs. You talk about it in the book. And so I'll finish with this for you, kind of that same idea. How do you think that helps the team? Again, a lot of the core kind of, you know, in place here with the 2023 team as far as guys that were here from last year. How do you think those lessons and what you guys went through last year can help the team in 2023? Yeah, there, there were uncomfortable moments. Um, and that came from the experience. That came from our whole team coming together. But being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Finding that, that limit where you're going to push yourself in a practice field, right? In OTAs, in your nutrition, in all these little things, all these daily deposits, all those little details, those margins we talk about. You know, if you're uncomfortable because you are pushing yourself to the absolute limit in all of those spaces and we can all do that, I feel like that's where you're going to be able to see that when the lights are on, you're comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a scary word or scary concept, but like if you're always uncomfortable, if you're always pushing it, you're always at the edge, you're always trying to chase more, you're tr always trying to serve one another and give that extra ounce of effort, that's a habit now. That's a routine. You're used to that, right? So now that's what you're going to do on Sundays. And so that's what I mean by being comfortable. It's like you're doing things you have been doing already. And that comes from the preparation. That comes from a second year being together. That comes from guys buying in with one another. And I feel like those, those margins, those details, that's that's what separates, uh, especially in this game, in a game of inches. So, man, we're going to be we're gonna push ourselves. And, and this whole offseason, we're going to be finding that limit. We're going to step past it. We're going to push all the way through. And we're going to keep ourselves accountable to that standard. So um, really excited to see these guys and um, get back to it. The smile says it all. You've got me fired up. I'm, I'm very excited for it. We're excited to have you here, man. We're, we're, the, we're lucky to have you here. The youth is lucky to have you as a role model. Again, the seven crucibles, an inspirational game plan for overcoming adversity in your life. Fullback Alec Ingold. Really enjoyed your time today, man. That was a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I appreciate the time. Let's go. Wow. Uh, yeah, trying to scour that interview for a clip to put in the beginning of the episode, which you're going to see me do that. Uh, most podcasts do that, where you take probably the, the best part of that interview, put it in the intro part of the podcast, kind of build that interest, and then roll the interview from there. It was tough to do this time because Alex said so many poignant things, as you heard there. Very profound, very... Very good leader, not just on the football team, but in the community here, Alec Ingold. Uh, rooting for that guy. I don't know how you couldn't. He also is one of the most unique players in the NFL in terms of how he's used, how he can expand this offense to do multiple things that really not many other offenses have the ability to do that because of the two-back personnel Miami can run when he's on the field. So great stuff there. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We have a YouTube uh, version of that. It's also going to be up on our, our Dolphins Today show, which is on Bally Sports as well as the YouTube channel. Um, we'll probably have some social clips as well. So go ahead and really help us elevate that content. Go out there and retweet, like, and comment on all the stuff. And like I always tell you, please go and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast. They had Alec last year. Go back and check out that episode as well. You can check out the international podcast on the network, Portuguese, English, as well as Spanish. And also the YouTube channel for Dolphins Today, media availabilities. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron, daddy's coming home.